We are all integral pieces in a bigger picture for our life. In this installment of The Grind to Find, I share TGD Studios with author, educator, and TEDx speaker Sam Thiara to discuss finding significance in the unexpected. So get yourself ready because this grind becomes official right now. Greetings, family. Greetings, and welcome to The Grind to Find. Tara and Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, helping high achievers find fluidity between their emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being while bridging the gap between who they are in service and who they were designated to be by our creator. You know, one of the things I love most about this show is sharing this studio with folks who define their grind on their own terms. It's so much fun. And today is a lot of fun because I'm going to be sitting down with Sam Fiara and Sam has some really interesting ideas about how to find significance in some of the most unexpected mundane things. You know, lots of times we go through life and we accept the labels that have been given not only to ourselves, but to things around us and how those things are supposed to, to apply to our lives. Well, Sam has a different way to think about these things, and I think it's rather interesting, and I'm excited to share this conversation with you. I'm not going to waste any time, but before I get into the conversation that Sam and I had, here's a little bit more about TEDx speaker Sam Thiara. Sam Thiara is a professional who has created a personal journey as a storyteller, writer, workshop facilitator, problem solver, educator, and entrepreneur. Sam's unique talent to engage hundreds he has mentored, as well as the thousands he's led in their personal and professional development, was recognized by the Governor General of Canada. Added to this are the 45 nonprofits Sam has worked with over the years. As the founder and chief motivating officer at Ignite the Dream Coaching and Consulting, a key element is transformational practices where he is an expert in youth career coaching and supports teams and organizations in corporate alignment. Sam's signature tagline, Everyone's Life is an Autobiography, Make Yours Worth Reading, is at the heart of how he supports others in living out their stories. I found Sam's journey fascinating. So when he came to TGD Studios, I wanted to learn more about his story. And needless to say, this two-time TEDx talk speaker did not disappoint. I am so very excited to have someone really special in TGD Studios today. And I say really special because... His perspective is one that literally just ignited me from the inside. And we had the opportunity to have a conversation before meeting here in the studio today. And so, it, you know, whenever you have something good, the first thing you want to do is share it with people. So I am so excited to invite Sam Thiara here with us today. Sam has done many different things. He's an author. He's a speaker. I, I read, and we're going to get to this, Sam, that you work with 45 nonprofits, which is pretty amazing. We will get there. So anyway, Sam, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with me today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And uh, I never take time to meet people. I always make time because you are that important to me that you make time for each other. Absolutely. I appreciate that. So, you know, I, I want to start off 
sharing with everyone this quote that you have. You say, life is full of the ordinary and it consumes us. However, embedded in the ordinary is the extraordinary. And what I love about that is there are so many of us who are walking around on this planet today and we think we're just a granule of, of sand out in the desert. You know, just just as though we blend in with everything and that we actually don't have something special or that that matters. But this quote to me hammers home how exactly what we see as being something mundane and everyday that we take for granted is actually something more to it than that. So tell me, what was it in your life that got you to a space where you knew that your calling was helping to take something that's so basic within an individual and help them to see that it's something no, it, to your point, definitely, in the sense that it, it was something that I pulled together for my first TEDx speech, because I think that we are all living stories. And as you mentioned, I think we go through life in a routine. We go through life in autopilot, and we miss some of those signals in life. And, you know, before you know it, your life may seem ordinary because of the routine, but embedded in that ordinary actually are these tremendously extraordinary experiences and the idea is that for me it was more of the moment that I started doing more personal reflection and breaking free of that routine I started to understand and embrace that some of these mundane things are actually really extraordinary and the way that I help people through this to discover that extraordinary in the ordinary is through that uh, TEDx speech I did where I shared that there's a concept that I came up with CARPE, which is CARPE diem, but CARPE is how I do this. And CARPE stands for Curiosity, Appreciation, Reflection, Perspectives, and Experience. And I'll go through each one of those. See, the thing is, curiosity, if you go through life with your radar on and a curious nature, even the most mundane thing will stop you. So that's the curiosity. When you stop, something about this. But then the A kicks in, which is appreciation. So you appreciate an object, a, a person or a situation for more than what it is. But then you start reflecting and that's the R. And when you reflect, you're adding more significance to it than what's obvious. Perspectives, which is the P, is what we hold as our stories and experiences. And that adds even more significance to the reflection. But the important thing is capturing it as a story or an experience. And that's the E. Because if you don't, your story dies an untimely death. And I'll, I'll give a quick example of the extraordinary and the ordinary. Okay. So I was walking towards my, you know, the university and there was a door there. It was propped open because it was a beautiful sunny day with a wooden wedge doorstop. Well, when I saw the doorstop, I stopped. There's the curiosity. And I started looking at this doorstop thinking there's something about this doorstop. I mean, how many times have we walked into a building or, you know, anywhere and we see a wooden wedge doorstop and we just walk past it? Well, I stopped. That's the curiosity. I started appreciating that doorstop for more than what it was, meaning there's something about it that is significant. So I started reflecting while standing there holding this door, seeing this door open, 
And I started reflecting and thinking deeper about it and building in those perspectives and adding more significance to it. And I'm sure the people around, maybe from their offices, are like, why is he not coming into the building? What's wrong with him? Well, all of a sudden, perspectives and through reflection, it it was an epiphany. That wooden wedge doorstop is very reflective and representative because a wooden wedge doorstop holds the door open for us. But you know what? What about the people in our lives who have opened doors for us, held the doors open for us? Those have now become our wooden wedge doorstops. And I wouldn't call them wooden wedge doorstops, but it made me realize that's an example. And then I cataloged it as an experience to remember that here's something I can share in the future with other people because I've now cataloged it as an experience. But something as ordinary as a doorstop suddenly becomes extraordinary. And this is what I do in my life as I venture and walk around. So I I love that because what you're saying is that, and this is at least what I hear you saying, what you're saying is that some of the most basic things around us will take and the purpose that has been assigned to it, that has been given to us, if we're not curious, then we'll stop there. But there's so much more beyond what we see. There's purpose for everything beyond initially what we told that purpose is, but you just have to have that portal open in your mind and in your life where you're able to, this to me is a way of abstract, abstract thinking, excuse me, tongue tied. If someone's not familiar with this process of thinking and the way that you're explaining it. But I, I, I like that. I like that because, oh. you know, I feel like in so many ways we're conditioned to think mm-hmm. within this box that when people say live outside of the box, the whole way in which we're socialized is kind of like yeah. this, like we're all sheep herding to the same place. Yeah. Uh, even the yeah. way in which a lot of us structure and set up our lives. Somebody told us that there's just a checklist of maybe one to five things. You you mm-hmm. grow up, you go to school, you graduate, you buy a house, you have two kids, you retire, and that's it. <laughs> you know, but there's so much more to that than oh. that. And this perspective that you're talking about does exactly that. It, it's it's um, helping people to see that if mm-hmm. you choose you can take and subscribe your own definitions and uses for things around you that go beyond the limitations that a lot of the societal way of thinking can put on how we move, think, and even see ourselves within our lives. That, that's what I'm getting from you. Oh, ab- absolutely. And and one of the things that I've done over the last oh six, seven years, and it it's it's amazing how much of a profound impact that it's had on people. I mean, what I do is I give out single pieces of jigsaw puzzle pieces. And, you know, you give it to somebody. And when you give someone a single piece of a jigsaw puzzle, well, what can you do with one piece? And then the reply is, well, not much. It's just one piece. But I said, here, I'm going to give this to you. And they look at it and I said, but here's the thing. It's ordinary. This is what you feel like. You feel like that single piece of a jigsaw puzzle. You don't know where you fit in. You don't know what the bigger picture is. But right before your eyes, I'm going to transform it into something very extraordinary. And they sit there going like, okay. I say, instead of thinking of this single piece of a jigsaw puzzle, I hold a satchel. And in the satchel are my puzzle pieces. If I give you a single piece of a jigsaw puzzle, do you realize 
My puzzle will now permanently be incomplete without you. I can't finish it without you because you hold a piece. No one piece is more significant than another. But this is important as a connection back to me. And what has been amazing is I've given over 5,000 pieces in the world to date to remind people how important they are. And people have shared that it's taped to their mirror and it reminds them every morning someone said that they're important. It's in people's wallets and every so often on Instagram or Facebook, somebody will take a picture of their wallet and the puzzle piece and they say, You're, I'm still with you. Or travel the world in backpacks. And Tara Lynn, the important part as well is there are times where people have shared with me that they're going through the most difficult of times in their life. The darkness is all around them. And they say, but I see that puzzle piece and it just reminded me that I'm connected to you. And it, it's not a tool that just helps them get out of depression, but it's just another layer in to say, you know what, you are supported, you are important, and I do care. Something as simple as that, that's ordinary, has such a tremendous sense about it. That's extraordinary. So, no, I, I absolutely love that. I think it's, it's um, what's so phenomenal about it is it has people thinking much more deeply about connections that we make. Sometimes you could just, you know, run into a grocery store and you may see a woman or a man and say hi, or maybe you won't. You just notice something. But that puzzle piece, to me, there is a space of awareness. When you first mentioned that to me, that was the thing that stood out about you out of all the people that I talked to. That was the one thing that stood out about you because it, it immediately made me become present and remember that connection with you. And it also made me think of other connections more significantly than I had in that moment. So I, I want to know because we have Sam VR now and all of the different things that you do. People, he, he also, uh, he's an instructor. He also teaches. Um, I want to know about that space before Sam now. I gather that from what you teach, it has to do with a lot of personal experience, the evolution of you to become this person that you are today. So tell me about a moment in time when you felt that insignificance, when you were, it sounds to me, had that disconnection. Um, you didn't have that awareness that you were unaware and maybe not present and showing up. Tell me about that space for Sam. What was what was going on with Sam back then? Right. And, you know, it, it is interesting because when you talk about, you know, teaching in university, the students may potentially see, OK, he's an instructor and he's up here and we're just going to learn from him. My final lecture, I knock myself down to a position where they can relate to who I am. And even in the class, though, prior to it, they never see me as this individual who's unapproachable. But to what you've said... And you've mentioned this earlier as well, is, you know, we go through life on a journey. So here I am in university, I'm, you know, graduating with a degree in business and political science. What a great combination. And you're sitting at, at the graduation ceremony thinking, it's a great combination, who's going to be lucky to get me? I walked across the stage, shook the hands of the dignitaries. As I walked off the stage, this giant virtual door slammed behind me 
without a handle because everything familiar to me was behind that door. My friends, my, my classes, the process of being a student, everything was now behind me once I crossed that stage. I sat down and I said, okay, I'm going to have to start applying for jobs. And back then, it, there wasn't the internet or email. You actually had to typewrite your letter, handwrite your letter, hand deliver it, pop in the mail. I wound up sending 12 letters out. And I remember sitting back saying, okay, let's see who's lucky to get me. Well, after about two weeks, a letter arrived and I opened it up. It was from a company that just basically said, well, thank you for applying. We don't have a job for you, but good luck in your search. And I'm like, okay, you're not lucky to get me. And I've got 11 letters out there. I'm going to send three more. Well, it w it became like the tide. The more letters I sent out, the more rejections came back. And it got to the point where, you know, I wound up with 86 rejection letters and I still hold on to them. It's the size of a brick and about as heavy as a brick. 86 companies who said, we have no idea who you are. We have no idea what you want to do, but good luck in your search. And Terrilyn, every single letter was a nail in my coffin of self-confidence. And it shifted from, you know, who's lucky to get me to, am I lucky to get a job? Well, finally, I got this job. And finally, I mean, think of it from a standpoint of business and political science. It was an entry-level government job. So the first job I got was actually working in a hospital as a janitor, emptying rubbish bins, mopping floors. And I just remember taking that job on and saying, okay, here I am. But instead of looking at it from a negative standpoint of I've wasted my time or, you know, yeah, okay, here I am mopping floors and, you know, that's easy job. And I said, no, no, no. And I had already ignited that piece about there's something bigger here. Three lessons that I learned from that job still carries me to who I am today. The okay. first lesson. Yeah, the first lesson my father said, it doesn't matter what job you do, but you better do the best job possible because your reputation is on the line. Tara Lynn, even to this day in anything that I do, I ensure that there's the quality that has to be present in anything that I put my name on. So that's one lesson. The second lesson, I would get on the elevator with nurses, doctors, and administrators, and there were times I would be ignored because I'm not a professional. I know what it feels like to be ignored. This is why I've had about 5,000 conversations to date. I will never, ever ignore somebody. If you, It doesn't matter if you're in high school or you're a senior executive. If you're going through a difficult and challenging time or you want to learn about you know, a, a concept or, you know, have someone support you in your journey. I will never, you know, say no to a conversation. And the third valuable lesson is I could, it could have been an obvious situation where I'm a janitor and my responsibility is mop the floor, uh, you know, empty rubbish bins, etc. But I said, no, no. What lessons can I pull from being a janitor that are going to help me as I move forward. And it, the third valuable lesson is, in anything we do, 
just dig down deeper and there are lessons that are going to be not so evident or present but are going to help you in your journey so I've taken that mindset as well is in anything that I do there's lessons to be learned and I share this quote with you it, it is very reflective of my life obstacles are the necessary bricks on a road to success because if one of those letters would have materialized there's a very good chance I wouldn't be with you today because my life would have gone in a different direction I embrace those letters and I embrace the fact that those obstacles have provided me these lessons that I can now share with my coaching or students or my writing it doesn't matter but if I didn't have those lessons you know what have I got to give to people you know I'm gonna tell you what I, I really love about uh, what you said it, it sounds to me especially when you talk about that job when you were mopping floors and emptying trash I think this is such an important conversation to have because we live in a day and age where people affix their value to external things like the title that they may have. If you happen to be a janitor or a lot of people affix their title, I'm sorry, their uh, value to their money and things like that. And the problem with that is that those external things ebb and flow. They're not constant. When you were mopping that floor and you, you, I'm listening to you talking and you're talking about um, looking deeper for a lesson, you were being built internally from the inside out. It's a humbling space to be in, especially when you see yourself as being something more, something bigger. You have all these talents. I've graduated from college. There are other things that I should be doing other than this. But for everyone that's listening to this conversation, it's not about what we feel like we should be doing. I think that God designed us to do all of those grandiose things that we imagine us doing. You imagine it and it's real to you because that's who you were created to be. However, throughout that journey, you have to be built internally, spirit woman, spirit man, to be able to rise up to sustain the weight of what comes with it we oftentimes just see the gold shiny pretty thing at the end that we want we don't understand that you have to be prepared internally to be able to stand in that space and be a support and be in that space of leadership to others and so when you share this that this story that you share with us Sam that's what I'm hearing having that space where you allow yourself to be humbled enough to be built so that not only you're getting that spiritual foundation, but through that, I'm pretty sure if there was like a, a, a social experiment going on, stepping in that, eleva that elevator and being invisible, and then you finding a way to feel okay about Sam and that, and then to still have a way to communicate and build relationships and form friendships and you're learning so much in so many different ways and all of that is like now compacted into who you are today so I think that's I think that's really a powerful example of how important it is for us to take on our own identity and affix mm -hmm. our own value and not let external things like titles and money and, 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 and cars and whatever 
those things define who we are. So thank you so much for sharing that. We're going to take a quick break right here. But when we come back, Sam is going to talk about the importance of defining success for yourself, living out your life story and much more. Don't go anywhere.
one word I kept hearing over and over again is Yeah, Malik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Tasha. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, Sam and I were just talking on the break, so I don't want you to stop, Sam. Please continue. Uh, please continue saying what you were saying. I've been given so many experiences. I've met so many people and uh, situations. And the idea is they've all been given to me not to hold on to, but to share. And here's the interesting thing. The more that I share, because I'm not allowed to hold on to it, the more that comes back to me. And as a result, I have to keep giving it. And uh, that's what I do with my teaching and uh, the conversations I hold with people is, you know, I've 
I just keep on giving, keep on giving because it, and it's not this idea of, well, you know, it's going to lead me to a bigger, brighter future or status or notoriety. It's none of that. I'm just so happy being able to have these experiences that I can give them away. And I reflect on those letters because as I said, if one of them materialized, I wouldn't be with you today. But here's the other part. I reflect on many of those companies that turned me down. Tara Lynn, many of them no longer exist, but I still do. We are resilient people. We will outlast those companies because we hold so much value, but we have to realize what our value is. So I love that you said that. Realize what your value is and the fact that they're no longer there and Sam Thiara is still standing. And and I mean, this, yes. is, this is like, I know you've had some different road that you've traveled, but I feel like in a lot of ways, this is still a beginning. There's so much more that God has for you to do. So let's talk about that. Um, people, how would you recommend, if, if there's someone listening and they're, they're, all of this is resonating with them, but they've hit this space in their life where their their feet are kind of like stuck in quicksand. You hit the quicksand right. and you don't sink right away. You're like stuck and you're like, wait a minute, do I feel myself moving? I feel like mm-hmm. I'm going down. What do I do? So if there's someone that's listening and they're at that space where they're like, okay, but where do I go from here? If you had to give them the top three mm-hmm. things that they could do to get started to propel themselves forward, what would that be? Right. Actually, I'll give you one because I think the one that I give you actually <laughs> embodies everything. And it's something that applied to me uh, is I was in a corporate job. After all that janitor job in retail, I actually got this corporate job. And to me, I could do this corporate job, but it didn't fit. It's like all of the people in the office are wearing the same size suit, let's say a 52 short. And you know what? I can wear it. Much like my job, I can do it. I can wear the suit, but it doesn't fit. But what I did was the moment I stopped focusing on what I was doing and changed the conversation to who am I, I suddenly started forming a tailored suit, a tailored career. And the way that I did this, and for your listeners that I hope is is helpful, is I looked at myself and I said, okay, what are the five things in life that I'm not willing to compromise in life and career? Not career, but life and career. And I came up with five words and I compared it to the job I was presently doing and it hit maybe one out of five. I said, okay, what will help me embrace the five out of five? And uh, so I was a you know, claims adjuster, I could do the job, but it wasn't me. But I looked over at this position in road safety, working in the community to reduce crash and harm and drinking and driving. And it interested me, but I had no experience in the space. But it hit five out of five of the things that I'm not willing to compromise. And you know, to your point as well, people don't see the, the, the trench, the journey that you walk through to get to that position. And I remember there was a lot of people who would just, there was a lot of noise that said you won't get into that position, you don't have experience, or, you know, they only hire from outside. Well, 14 months later, I got the job because it was authentic to who I am, because it resonated. People saw that this really clicked. So the way that I would tell your audience to start focusing is to look at who you are, not what you do. And the way you do this is 
Look at the job that you've got presently or have had. What did you like about it or like about it? And what do you not like about it? But ask yourself the important question, why? What about the classes you took? Which ones resonated and you really enjoyed and which ones didn't? Why? What do you like to do in your spare time, your social life? Why? And what happens is you start filtering some words after you go through a, a reflective and introspective moment of why. So for example, I'll have people say, well, one thing I'm not willing to compromise is family. Family is really important to me. And I say, okay, why is family important to you? And then they start explaining to me how the depth of their family is really important and, um, you know, feeling connected to my family and the relationships I have with my family, my extended family, even my, you know, you know, friends or whatever. <clears throat> and we go through this process and then I say, okay, you mentioned relationships and connectedness. Does that also apply to your work environment? And they're like, oh, for sure. Does that apply to when you were in school? And they were like, oh, absolutely. Does that apply, you know, the relationships and connectedness to your social life? And they're like, oh, yeah, I can see that for sure. I'm like, can we replace family with relationships and connectedness as one of the things you are not willing to compromise? And they're like, oh, yeah, for sure, I get it. The fear people have is I'm asking them to find five things that they're not willing to compromise. And the fear that they have is, what if I pick the wrong words? And I say, no, you're not picking wrong words, but you're not stuck with these for the rest of your life as opportunities emerge. You're then going to change the words that continually reflect who you are as you move along. And Tara Lynn, the best way for me to describe it is to build a house, we need a solid foundation. To build a life, we need a solid foundation. We pay someone money to actually inspect the foundation of the house. When have we ever taken the time to build our own life foundation? Because once you have these five core elements, which is what I call it, you now have something to balance opportunities against. I mean, I've, you know, I'm a writer and author. I'm an educator. Do you know what? Those were never goals in my life. But when those came into my pathway, I looked at it and they hit five out of five. And when I embraced it, it activated, it flowed. And the final thing I'll leave you with that part is when you hit five out of five, you don't have a job or career. You hit fulfillment. And that's where I want everyone to be. I love that. And it's, it's so funny because I'm listening to you. Everything that you've touched on when you talk about the, the foundation of our lives, I talk about as a spiritual mindset coach, I'm all about resetting the foundation of your mind because without that foundation, you have nothing solid to scale upon. It's just what it is. And yeah. oftentimes I've, I hear a lot of conversations around who. You can't identify who if you don't know why. Why, I believe, wholeheartedly, personal experience is the starting point. So everything, everything, everything that you're saying is so very critical. With all of this, this insight and this, this, um, this wealth of knowledge, this wisdom that clearly 
comes from you doing some wonderful spaces of introspection. And then not only that, practically applying when you come out of that space of introspection, having the courage to practically apply these things to your own life so that you have that perspective to teach to other people. Um, I'm curious, what is something that you thought was true about Sam, let's say 20 years ago, that you now know isn't true? Oh, it, it would be the fact that, you know, I was riding the train and it was in the wrong train. I needed to get off at a stop and I needed to get onto the right train. And again, I but I do but I do appreciate the fact that, you know, again, I had to be on that train in the first place in order to realize, wait, I'm going in the wrong direction. Uh, so I think that's the part that is most important. And, and I think for your listeners, everything that you are doing in life is part of this journey. And it is a journey. It's, it's not focusing on the destination. It's the journey that's the most important part because I've been re- very reflective and observant of the journey. And it, uh, and it, it has guided me to where I am today. But you know, and, and there are times, Sterling, I will be honest with you in this regard, is I sometimes sit here thinking, wow, did I really leave a corporate job? Wow, did I really have these experiences? And, you know, but also sometimes there's this aspect of, you know, do I deserve it? Do I, you know, but part of me is like, again, it's all about that sharing piece. It's all about these experiences. But, uh I look around, I'm going, please wake up and please, like, uh, I've been able to, uh, you know, have all of this and uh, experiences and things. But then you start seeing those who are driven by other motives. And, you know, they may not think that, you know, they, they may not see me as successful. And, you know, because they're making six figures, seven figures. And, Monetarily, yeah, no, that's I'm very comfortable, but to me, that's not success. And you know, success is defined in our own way, but don't let someone else define your success. I love that you said that because I think that um, that's the reason why there are so many people who um, host, and I'll say post because social social media is huge with this. Mm -hmm. They post an image of what they want people to think their life is like, um, what they would like for their life to be like. For some people, their life is exactly like what they post, but those exact same people behind the scenes are so hollow and so empty and left wanting. I, I work with people who are trying to navigate that. And this is because they have accepted someone else's definition for success. And I wholeheartedly agree with you that we have to define that for ourselves. You know, what's the point in going out trying to get this huge 6,000 square foot home when really you're happy with 2,000? You get it so you can say you have it because other people have it and you want to be in that group that other people are in. But is that really what you desire? Again, what's your why? And so Mm -hmm. just because success looks, feels, smells, whatever for one person that doesn't mean that that's necessarily a good fit for you and 
doing that introspection and that work and becoming comfortable within yourself, establishing your own value for yourself, lets you be able to unapologetically, confidently, and comfortably stand in what success is for you and be able to stand next to anyone else who has whatever their definition is. And you're completely and totally comfortable with that. So I love that you brought that up. I think that is just, that's like a completely, you can have like a whole show dedicated (laughs) just to that, just that in itself. So I I love that. Love that. What is something that, um, what's something that you now know is Mm -hmm. true about you that you didn't know back then? We had a, a truth. I asked you about a truth that maybe you had taken on that wasn't your own, but what's something that you learned to be true about you now that you didn't know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is is the fact that, you know, what I thought success was, was university, get your career and just that track. And my realization is it's not an A to B trajectory. There's an A to maybe you go from A to a, a C and then maybe backtrack to a B, which takes you to an F. And the N is somewhere in there somewhere. And you just keep on moving in different directions. But um Life is not a simple linear trajectory. Um, Life is actually, you know, in um, so many different variations and directions. So let's move away from that A to B trajectory. And oftentimes I tell my students that, um, you know, we are prescribed to have goals in life. And And I turned to them and I said, but you know what? I have no goals. And they look at me and they're like, what, you're you're unguided and I said no 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 I have intentions I have those intentions which are the five things that I'm not willing to compromise in life servant leadership story sharing activator igniter champion enabler and community do-gooder when an opportunity comes up oftentimes if you have a goal what if the goal and the opportunity don't line up you're gonna have to give up one or the other. It's very absolute. Whereas when an opportunity comes to me, I now balance it against those five things I'm not willing to compromise. And if it hits five out of five, which I'm very uh, focused on, I have to do it. So this is where being a writer, being an educator, being a speaker, these were never goals of mine. Talking to what you've just uh, said about, you know, where you were in the past, those were not even, droplets in my life that I had even considered but only by being expressive of those five things it suddenly realized these are things that I have to do I love it your book that's mm-hmm. in, that's uh, it's entitled personal storytelling discover the extraordinary in the ordinary to help others share their story so I can only imagine that's that's saying a mouthful right there. And just the conversation that we've had <laughs> thus far, what can readers expect when they dive into this? What can they expect to take away from this this yeah. book, which feels like an experience? It is. I mean, it, it emerged out of my uh, first TEDx speech about uh, storytelling and discovered the extraordinary and the ordinary, because then... After I finished doing that TEDx speech, I had never written a book, but people around me said, that was very insightful. How can I tell stories? You should write a book about it. And I thought, oh, and I sat down and, you know, I'm not 
one of the I haven't been educated as a storyteller, but people said, you know what? But you've embraced it and you do it. So I thought, okay, let me provide a more of a not a it's not a textbook style, but it's more of allowing someone to have reflection. So what the book allows you to do is part one basically says why tell stories, the importance of storytelling and what is a story. Part two are my stories that I share. And part three is let's get you to tell stories now and I I give little exercises and things that they can do. And I remember in the very beginning of the book I wrote something that basically said there is fear in me in writing this book because of what people may think. But the bigger fear is what if I don't write this book? And I think that's a lesson for all of us to say anything that we want to do in life just go out and do it and that's what I did with the first book which actually led me to my second book which was about my journey to find my ancestral roots in India with just a faded photograph very little information but equally to search for my own identity uh, as a british born canadian and parents from fiji and grandparents from india but the first book guided me to write the second book mm mm oh yeah this sounds like a, a quite like i said quite the experience Last question for you. You've been so gracious with your time and, and the information that you've shared here today. What do you want to be known as? What do you want your legacy to be with people? Right. I think my legacy or what do I want to be known as as an individual who is there to support and share to be able to help people activate their voice within to be louder than the noise around. I want to be their champion and enabler. Uh I think there's a lot of noise out there. But how do we silence that noise? And it's always interesting because people come to me. They see me as an orange saffron bearded man on top of a mountain and they're going to come to me saying, "What should I do? And uh what job should I have? What uh business should I open?" And I call myself the difficult monk because You come to me looking for the answers because you may see me as a monk, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. There's enough people out there telling you what to do. What I want to do is ask thoughtful, insightful, deep reflective questions because the answers you seek are already within you. They just need to be brought out and help you realize who you are, the potential you now hold, and the importance of of realizing you know the relationships we build the stories and experiences that we hold on to i love it it's beautiful basically a a guide to introspection because i think that that is a space that is um it's extremely difficult for a lot of people that's what i consider myself and i i think that um to everyone listening we all have our divine purpose and our divine assignment and um sometimes it takes a little bit of uh time to get to what that is for you but because there are folks like Sam out there <laughs> and myself never feel as though it's um you're making a mistake or you're weak for reaching out and connecting with someone to get that support we're all here to serve in different capacities and once you get past those hurdles and blockades within you going out and seeking support for that then now you can step into your space of service 
and be that beacon of light for someone else. So, uh, Sam, I can't have you leave here without telling people how to get in touch with you. <laughs> you have to let them know. If you're listening and you like, who is this guy? Where in the world can I find him? Sam, how can I get in touch with you? Well, people can always tap into my website. So it's uh, www.sam-thiara.com. And Thiara is T-H-I-A-R-A.com. I've got about 180 blog posts, and they're all free for people to read about life experiences and, and uh, support. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, uh, Sam's information will be in the description box below, so you'll be able to connect with him, and you can also get his information. It'll be available at thegrinddefined.com. It'll be under the guest section. Sam, it has been such a tremendous pleasure having you come here to share your wisdom, to share your light, and to just open up and, and what you've done today, the information, the perspective. That's what I like. The perspective that you shared has been very powerful honor to have you here i wish you nothing but the best oh well i thank you so much and i just want to leave your audience with my signature tagline that is everyone's life is an autobiography make yours worth reading you're a living story something that needs to be shared because you are that that engaging that interesting so just be fantastic just being great sometimes it boils down to something so simplistic as that you know I know throughout the course of my life, and even now, I have to practice not making everything extra. <laughs> Sometimes I overcomplicate things. And I think that that's true for all of us to, to some degree, that sometimes will make things a whole lot more challenging than what they have to be. In fact, um, I have a regular devotional group that I'm a part of. And right now we're working on uh, the book, Discerning the Voice of God, how to Recognize When God Speaks, and this is by uh, Priscilla Shearer. And if you don't have this book, I would highly recommend that you get it because um, we're currently working on a space within this devotional where it's talking about obedience. Now listen, before you tune me out, many of us, when we hear obedience, we think of the normal talks that we have around it, you know, just basically doing what it is that God tells us to do. But we go into different situations with our idea of what obedience is in relation to what obedience has meant in our life. And a lot of the times we'll have negative connotations that are associated with being obedient. Why am I saying this within the context of the conversation that I had uh, with Sam? I'm saying this because when you think about something so simplistic as being great, or trying to accomplish greatness within our lives, what that means for each one of us as individuals. In order to be able to get to that space where we feel as though, you know, hey, I'm living at a space within my life where I feel as though I'm maximizing everything that God has created me to be. Well, obedience is important with that because in order for us to be able to go to the next level, we'd have to make sure that we're following instructions that are within um, divine alignment with who God created us to be. There's what we want to do, what we want to accomplish, and what we want our legacy to be in the physical sense. But then a lot of the times, and I'm sure some of you may have noticed this just like I have, a lot of the times what I want is not necessarily in divine alignment with what God wants for me and how he wants me to use the gifts that he has to serve. And so um, understanding 
what obedience is within the context of spirituality as opposed to what obedience has been within the context of our physical life. If you think of obedience in terms of connection with parents, obedience in terms of uh, some ways that we could be made to feel within relationships, obedience within the context of our um, jobs, our work, things that we do for a living. There are so many negative connotations that we may not be aware of, which could block us from accepting and embracing the spiritual idea of what obedience is and how actually obedience and moving immediately in that divine time is actually the ultimate protection and the secret sauce in getting to that next space that we want to uh, be in within our lives. So um, that's a hefty conversation (laughs) that I do plan to have on an upcoming episode. So look for it. We're really going to be diving into the spiritual context of obedience and how to identify some negative associations that you may have with obedience that keep you from being able to truly connect and own greatness and find, or uh, not even find, bring to you that covering and sense of peace. But that is it for content today. If you haven't already, please go to thegrindtofind.com, click on feed, make sure that you're following me. If you're not following me, uh, what you doing with your life? You need to be. <laughs> if you're not, then you need to be. Also to make sure that you get on my email list so you can stay in the know of what's going on. Now, for so, those of you who are on the email list, I know that uh, lately things have slowed up just a bit. That's only because we're doing some reconfiguring, but expect for some updates to be coming out to you very soon. If you like what it is that's going on at The Grind Define, please share. And uh, by all means, stop on by iTunes and leave a review for me there if you like what it is that you're hearing. In the meantime and between time, go into your weekend empowered and knowing that you own every bit of ground that you walk on because you always define your grind and never let the grind define you. Daryl and Michelle here. Until next time, peace and abundant blessings. Thank you.